Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to TC Live, wrapping up the action in the Great North. We are presented by the Walt Disney World Resort 50th anniversary celebration. It's the Natural Bank Open in both Montreal and Toronto. Tennis Channel, the happiest place on earth all week long. And here's what's coming up over the next 30 minutes. With her playing career officially winding down, Serena put on a show for the fans in Canada as she tried to advance another day. Plus, he's suddenly the hottest player on the planet. How Nick Kyrgios produced his biggest win in years by knocking off the world number one. And talk about keeping it all in the family. We can't wait to show you how this Wimbledon semifinalist gets both of her children involved on the practice court. With that, we welcome you to another TC Live After Dark. Late night edition of TC Live. Steve Weissman, Mark Petchy, making his debut on the big desk. Welcome to the show, Petch. Thanks for having me, Steve. It's great to be here. You know, inviting a Brit here. It's been a big day for the British men, though, you know. Three, three Brits. That. Yeah, exactly. We don't have that many great days, you know, so we're going to take it today. And, and Andy Roddick, the Hall of Famer with us as well. A, a Draper making us madmen, Andy, staying up till about 1 a.m. your time. Listen, Draper was great, but the most athletic thing I've seen from a British male today was Petch's sprint from the broadcast booth <laughs> to the big desk. I yeah. think. I mean, so, <laughs> got, good job got, got for Draper. In but, order. But, yeah, I mean, it was all, it's all, it all looks great, Petch. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> this is a perfect day to have you here. It is great to have you on the show. And for the second straight day, Andy, we start with Serena Williams being our top story. Of course, evolving away from tennis, but would she continue to evolve deeper in the Canada draw? Playing her first match since her farewell article in Vogue, taking on Belinda Bencic, the crowd, Andy, heavily in Serena's corner. Yeah, and this is a pattern you're going to see from Benjic over and over again today. Just uh, that sometimes we just get lucky. That was a lucky shot at a rough time. Serena trying to hang on in that first set. But Benjic was just switching directions, redirecting the ball. Didn't let Serena get her feet under. Was kind of, kind of lunging at balls uh, all day. But I thought Belinda Benjic played an unbelievable match today. I actually didn't think Serena's timing was that far off. But nothing he could do when Benjic is squaring up those back ends up the line off of an open stance, uh, no less. But Serena... Obviously a big fighter coming through, trying to get forward. Tough to do, and Benchik is taking the ball as early as she was all day, but just never really got her feet under her. Benchik was in complete control of the rallies. Uh, I couldn't have been more impressed. She's actually one of the only people who can take Serena's pace and redirect over and over again. Toronto, we hated to see Serena go out, but man, did they really give her the respect that she deserves after all this time. And we haven't often seen Serena super emotional on the court and the moment got the best of her. She's going to have a hard time saying goodbye here in Toronto. I can only imagine what it's going to be like when that ovation hits in New York City. Yeah, absolutely, Andy. The match summary brought to you by Walt Disney World Resort's 50th anniversary celebration. Benchich now 10-1 and at the Canadian Open, where she also beat Serena back in 2015. She served fantastic in the second set and plays Garbina Muguruza next. I had eight aces, did Benchich. The only player who hasn't been broken at this event, and after the match, Serena breaking down as she says farewell. 
It was a lot of emotions, obviously. I love playing here. I've always loved playing here. Um, and yeah, it was... <laughs> um, I wish I could have played better, but Belinda played so well today. Um, but I just, uh, yeah, it's just been a, it's been a pretty interesting 24 hours. It's just been so memorable, you know? Like I said in my article, I'm terrible at goodbyes, but uh, goodbye. Toronto! <laughs> I think we all got a little choked up there at the end as Serena was holding back those tears. Petch, uh, you were calling the match. What, what, what stood out to you about her game today? Yeah, well, I'm going to agree with Andy totally. I thought her timing was actually excellent. I think from a, a point of view for all of us, the fact how little she's played in the last year, everything that she's got going on, the emotions going through her mind in that particular match, Steve, for the fact that she could actually come out and I thought play as well as she did against somebody that's going to move you as hard as Belinda does, I thought was an incredible performance. I'm actually very positive about her having a couple of decent runs. Decide, I mean, I'm sure she'll go to Cincinnati. She needs a few matches. But I actually think Serena might surprise a lot of people in New York. Obviously, the wheels there, the champion qualities, you know. But I was very impressed with how she played. Six titles at the U.S. Open. Andy, when you saw her at the end uh, holding back those tears, I mean, you've been in that position before at the end of a career. What went through your mind? Yeah, not on the same level as Serena. I mean, obviously, she's the greatest of uh, uh, of all time. And, you know, it's it's going to be a tough for her because, you, you listen, as experienced as you are, you only do this once or you only kind of have that moment uh, once unless you're Brett Favre. So, uh, you know, it, it's going to be tough for her as she kind of moves through these tournaments where she's having to try to compete, get her form back physically, you know, go through the ins and outs and the, 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 the emotions of a tennis match while all the while kind of thinking, oh, could this be the last one here? Could this be the last one in Cincinnati? Am I up against it in New York? Am I in my last set? Those are the things that I, I dealt with. I retired at the U.S. Open. I remember playing Del Potro, and I'm down two sets to one. I go, I might have 27 minutes left in my entire tennis career. So as much as you want to focus, those thoughts do creep in, and it's a different emotion set that she's going to have to deal with. Well, we look forward to seeing Serena in Cincinnati. Serena Williams spending 319 weeks at world number one. That is 300 more than the current world number one. Iga Sviantek back in action today, and she has been playing very well on the hard courts. She won the last big hard court title in Miami, takes an 18-match win streak on this surface into Canada. First match in four months on hard courts, playing Isla Tomjanovic. Last played here as a qualifier, did Sviantek in 2019 patch. Also faced the Aussie in her first match back then. Yeah, and I just, honestly, it shows what I know. I actually thought Tom Manovich, given the fact that she's had a couple of losses, obviously to Cornet at Wimbledon, Shvontek and Garcia at home and Warsaw on a favoured clay surface, I thought she might come in here and just be a little bit undercooked and maybe Tom Manovich, who's having a decent season again, would give her a bit of a run for her money. I don't know anything because she <laughs> blew her out of the park in Toronto as well. I thought the forehand was looking as dominant as it does on any single surface. And also just the hunger was there. Tom Manovich didn't really have any answers for Schwantek in this particular sort of exchange and it's going to take a serious performance if Iga continues to play like that to stop her getting through another tournament here and picking up another Masters 1000. She, she's something special. I love watching her play. There's, there, there's, nothing, there's no downside for me with Iga. It's just, it's electrifying. It's energizing. She actually reminds me a lot of, of Andy when she plays. She's got that buzz. High <laughs> praise, high praise from the women's number one to the men's. It was a blockbuster day in Montreal, Andy. Daniil Medvedev facing a red-hot Nick Kyrgios. 
Yeah, and listen, I credit to Kyrgios. You, you can see I, I'm just still amazed the fact that he's able to keep it together mentally day after day. Didn't go his way in the first set. Medvedev, you know what? He's pretty good on these hard courts, Steve. But Kyrgios didn't get upset, didn't go nuts after that first set. Stayed in the match, competed, was mature on the court. These subtle fist pumps, not the big show. You know, I don't know if it was the exhaustion after having played in Washington. It was obviously coming forward a lot more than he normally does. Was that strategic? Was it a matter of saving energy? I don't know, but it was entertaining, and he did it very well. There's the serve from Curios that Pecci absolutely loves. Curios was dominant here in the third set, coming in, hitting those little touch volleys when Medvedev is way back. I know Pecci mentioned it, and thing wasn't sticking him through the court, was playing him short. Uh, you know, making Medvedev kind of commit to an up, uh, being up in the court a little bit more. But listen, you can't teach these kind of hands and these flicks that he hits on the run. I mean, the guy was just exhausted but stayed there mentally, which is the most impressive thing. He's a different guy in the last six weeks. We always knew he had the physical tools. Is he growing into the mental tools as well? That's a scary proposition if he is. You see how exhausted he is. But that serve doesn't take much. It's so rhythmic. It's so effortless as he comes through. And you can see it's not a show. That is joy on Nick Kyrgios' face. I think he's actually having fun playing tennis right now. Get through against the world number one. Nick Kyrgios having fun on a tennis court? What's happening right now? He's won 14 of his last 15 matches. He was feeling confident, so I had to come out there with a game style that wasn't going to give him too much rhythm. You know, I served and volleyed pretty much every point. Um, and... You know, I've been serving really well and I've been volleying pretty well, so I thought, you know, why not just completely switch it up? For me today, the biggest difference was that I missed uh, in some important moments some shots, which I, I didn't miss much, but missed just a few. And that's what made me just a little bit uh, not good enough today to win. And he was great and uh, he was playing good and he beat me fair, fairly, if we can say it like this. Up next, another big battle. Two of seven Americans in the top 50 right now. Taylor Fritz, Francis Tiafo, Roddick, Big Foe brought out the big guns in the first set. Yeah, I got off to a quick start. There's not yeah, much you can do when he's hitting that backing up the line off the short hop uh, like that. But Taylor Fritz is confident this year. He knows how to get through matches. Showing off a little bit of speed there. Not exactly his fourth pay, but got that exchange with Francis Tiafo. Fought hard, was dominant in the second set. At this point, seems like a formality. That half ball, he back hit winner. That is a little bit of ridiculous right there. I didn't have that in my repertoire. It's more of like a, a push to the center of the court and hope they missed. But anyways, Francis looking great up 4-0, but you got to play the points. You got to close. No one's going to give you anything. And Taylor has that first strike ability to force a comeback. You see Francis looking at his box going, what's the deal? You're still up 4-1, but you don't like that long look. There's something to be said for being matched tough and winning a ton of matches. It is cumulative, and Fritz stole one here from Francis Tiafo. Francis is going to be thinking about this one a little bit. You don't like losing to your countrymen, especially up 4-0 in the third. This one's going to sting a little bit. Taylor Fritz now 19-6 on hard courts this year. Gets Dan Evans next. The matches just keep getting better and better. This may be, Petch, the match of the day. Pure athleticism on display between Carlos Alcaraz 
and Tommy Paul. How about this? Is this the point of the day? Yeah, it was the point of the day for me. I mean, they actually had an amazing rally in the opening game of this match as well, and it kind of set the tone all the way through it. Tommy Paul is just one of those players that is growing in strength to strength. He's one of the best movers. He's underrated in terms of his movement out there. And Brad Stein's got a great, done a great job with him of getting him closer to the net, getting him into the net where he can. Obviously, the match point coming and going for Alcaraz. Everybody expects him to continue being a winning machine. But Tommy Paul doing an amazing job on returns as the match went on. Take a look at that when he was down a 7-4-1, the, the amount of returns he was making. Look at the numbers that they went to, 89% off first serve, 95% off the second serve. I know Brad Stein was mic'd up. He was saying to Tommy at 4-1 down, you've lost your level a bit. You've lost a bit of the intensity. And Tommy turned to I know, I'm going to step it up here. Credit to Tommy Paul that he's stepped it up. That's his third top 10 win. At the end. And again, that's not just happened in the middle of the match. That is a process that him and Brad have bought into to get himself up in the net and do those kind of things. And in matches like that as well, Steve, there's just a little bit of a nuance that comes in. Again, let's have a look at a set and 4-1 where Tommy Paul was taking that return. You want to keep Carlos Alcaraz's forehand quiet. How are you going to do that? You're going to move your returns a little bit more into that last third. Look at that, a little jump up from Tommy Paul. It doesn't always have to be hugely significant. Andy Roddick will tell you that. 1-2% at this level is huge. And obviously, that was a big difference. He managed to keep that forehand of Carlos's just a little bit quieter. Amazing breakdown there, Petch. Great stuff. And Andy, when you think about his year, Tommy Paul, he's got wins against Sasha Zverev. He's got wins against Yannick Noah. Uh, excuse me, Yannick Sinner. Uh, not quite Yannick Noah. Not, <laughs> not that big of a win. He didn't come back there. But is this the most significant victory, Andy, of the season for Tommy Paul? Yeah, I think so. But listen, the thing that I'm most impressed with, Steve, is a couple of years ago, we used to question if Tommy Paul was professional enough. Was he working hard enough? Was he fit enough? He is now. You see him competing down 7-6, 4-1 against the guy who he's expected to lose to. I don't know how that match ends up a couple of years ago, uh, but today, state of the match, Brad Stein, as Petch mentioned, has done an amazing job making Tommy Paul a professional. There's been complete buy-in that is not uh, always an entitlement to a coach to get buy-in from your player. That that duo is, is doing great together. I love what Brad Stein's done, but he's just become a professional. He was always athletic. He always had that huge forehand. He always had potential. Didn't always put it together day-to-day -to -day in practice and in tournaments. You don't always see the turnaround props to Tommy Paul. He's done a great job. He's gotten a lot of big-time wins. He said after the match, he really gets up for matches against top players. The alarm is not as bad at 6.45 a.m. when you're playing a top five, a top ten guy. Uh, Tommy Paul moving on in Montreal. More highlights on the way on TC Live from both Montreal and Toronto. Plus, the roster's almost set for the Labor Cup in September. We ask Andy and Mark if a change is needed to make the teams more even. Don't go anywhere. TC Live is presented by the Walt Disney World Resort 50th Anniversary Celebration. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. 
Andy, Mark, and Steve back on TC Live, presented by Walt Disney World Resort's 50th anniversary celebration. Tennis.com is your online source for everything Serena leading up to the U.S. Open. Right now, David Kane writes about Serena's emotional farewell in Toronto and Steve Tigner on how she made our sport evolve over the past quarter century. Serena will look to win her 24th major title in New York. One of her first coaches, Rick Macy, speaks about her in our Tennis Honors Series. My name is Rick Macy. I've been fortunate to work with a lot of the best athletes in the world. When I had Venus and Serena, obviously it's like one of the best times of my life. Here's a great story. It's like middle of July, 100 degrees, and I go, Serena, you gotta move your feet. She goes, Rick, I'm really hungry. Can you have Scott go to the snack machine? I want some hot curly fries, a Snickers bar, a Pepsi, and on the way to work today, Daddy drove by a stand and they're selling Green Day t-shirts. If you have someone get me that, you see that girl on the other side, I'll make her look slower than molasses. She's hitting with a hitting partner, 450 in the world, one hour straight. Sweat is pouring off this little 11-year-old girl like Niagara Falls. She goes, hey, Rick, I'm done, and you better have that Green Day t-shirt here in the morning. But, but I like that. We changed history, so at the end of the day, I have a great relationship with Serena. Snickers, Pepsi, Green Day. She's always been a huge Billy Joe fan. Uh, a lot more still to come here on TC Live. How about this match? Coco Golf, the Roland Garros runner-up in a showdown with the Wimbledon champion. Who took it? Roddick Petchy, Weissman back on TC Live, and we are back in Toronto. Coco Golf taking on Wimbledon champ Elena Rybakina. So many twists and turns in this one, Andy. Yeah, and this is what I like to see from Coco Golf. She has to step up and be more aggressive uh, at certain points, kind of pick and choose her spots. We know she has the wheels. We know she has a big first serve. Is that second serve going to hold up? And can she kind of force the issue on her forehand? I like mixing up the paces here. Rabakina obviously finding a rhythm a little bit there. Coco, you can see talking to herself, has lost a close one last week. Uh, but you can see just really pick. I, I love this shot going for that up the line. That is a sign of confidence. That is a sign of growth for Coco Golf. We know that she has a D. We know she can get in and out of the corners and kind of force you to hit one more ball as she did here. If she can somehow mix those two together consistently, watch out. We know she's already made a Grand Slam final. Gotta think she's gonna win a Grand Slam in the future. And Steve, she goes, look at my head's right here. It's right here, Steve. <laughs> Good to see Coco going through. Good to see she can point in her head. Needed five match points from that one. She has never lost from a match point up in her pro career. Talk about mental tenacity. We go to Montreal, the hometown kid. Felix Ojeali just turned 22. Same birthday as Roger Federer. Petch, that's a good thing. Take it on Yoshi Nishioka. Yeah, it's amazing to think Roger's got the same birthday as Felix, right? Yes. <laughs> this was a tiebreaker for the ages. Honestly, Nishioka's been thrilling us in Washington. He came here, obviously, we thought he was going to be a little bit gassed. None of that in its opening tiebreaker. It was special, but it was probably the shot of the day that I'm going to have to call for Felix Auger-Aliassime at the end of this. It's a fourth set point here for the Canadian. Check it out. We'd all like to have that in our locker. 
It was a terrific tiebreaker. OJ coming out top, and to be honest, at that particular point, you could just get the sense that Nishioka, after his 11-hour-plus exploits in Washington, his win over Benoit Paire, it was all just starting to catch up with him. It was a great performance. He moves through to play another lefty, Cam Norrie, in the next round. And just sometimes you'd like to see Felix maybe dilute the power to some degree. He gets himself in an occasional problem. Gael Monfils picking up a win against Maxime Cressy today. Jensen Brooksby goes down. Alex Dimonor, he's got Nick Kyrgios next. Pliskova over Anna Samova, 1-1. One and one. Muguruza and Teichman both picking up some wins. What's trending on social media right now? Well, Team World is all set for the Labor Cup. Joining the big four, we've got Stefano Tsitsipas and Kasper Ruud. What do you make of these additions, Andy? Well, I, I, I like Team Europe. You know, I, I kind of had this thought uh, during Wimbledon that uh, some of the Russians might all of a sudden try to get, like, bohemian citizenship or something so they could <laughs> that, that might that, that might have been the solution to maybe even the teams out a little bit. <laughs> It's lock. It's. It, I mean, it is. There's no question. It's just lopsided at the moment. I mean, you just look at it, and you're kind of looking at obviously Team World. There, you got Oji Alassim. He can light things up. Taylor, obviously, having an amazing year. You got a chance. Schwartzman, Jack Sock, obviously coming in there to try and level things up a little bit in the doubles. But if I'm being honest, at the moment, obviously, it's very much Europe. But Andy, obviously, you've got so many great Americans coming through. You, t- you know, we can talk about them. Francis Sevi Corda. Surely, the Labor Cup, along with other competitions, clearly, if you were playing right now this would be a real incentive for you to get your game where it needed to be to get a win for Team World. That competitive juice has got to get infused when you look at what's been going on with Team Europe in the past. Yeah, and and also, like, I I know the name candy is there, right? But Roger hasn't played in in over a year. Andy Murray, he's one of my favorite players of all time, but he's not playing the level of a top 10 guy right now. So separate the names versus what they're actually putting out there. Is Rude going to be good on indoor hard courts? Is Sitsipas going to be able to turn his year around? So if if I'm Coach McInerney, I'm going, yes, the names are massive. But it's what are they doing in this moment? I'll take a hot hand going in, and that's what I'd be trying to sell to the team. That, that's a great point. So, Andy, no no issue for you with how it is right now going forward. You wouldn't want, like, two captains, Team Federer, Team Nadal, and then they pick from there. I, I don't think so. Uh, you know, I, I, if it's an actual competition and you want to do it this way, I think you have to stick it out. Maybe you let the, the team that lost the year before uh, have more of a say in the surface. Uh, maybe it's not just a, a neutral surface where it's kind of last year was a medium hard court that didn't really bounce, which kind of, you know, it's not really that interesting when that happens. So maybe it's more like Davis Cup where it's the, the, the home team gets to choose the surface of their liking, maybe add a little wrinkle and, uh, you know, at least uh, give the chance for uh, Team World <laughs> to get on the board one of these years. I like that. Team Europe's won every time. But listen, getting to see the big four all on the same team, I think that's the coolest thing ever. That's why I'm hyped for the Labor Cup this year, no matter how they're playing on the court. Look at this family. We've got Tatiana Maria made the semifinals at Wimbledon this year. She's got her daughter Charlotte hitting tennis balls with her. And then her youngest daughter, who's just one and a half years old, Petch, feeding the ball. CeCe is feeding the balls. Can can we just take a moment to see how good that feeding is as well? That is on a straight line. I've I've had two girls, and at that age, trust me, they were going at right angles. That thing was rolling at my foot. I mean, that is on the money. I mean, uh, I tell you what, sign them up for a bit of baseball as well. I mean, if it's not just for tennis, because this is just excellent. Look at the passion. Look at the intensity. Quite happy to keep picking it up. My daughter would have been bored four hours ago from this, but she's still going. 
I mean, can we talk about the one and a half year old with the, the lefty, the righty, and then she goes righty, righty, and then she goes no look lefty here on one of these. Watch it. Picks it up. Okay. Again, the no look lefty's coming up. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen here. No, I'm waiting for it. Hopefully one of these times. There we go. No look lefty. Perfect. Unbelievable. And then, by the way, when, when all the balls okay. are done, she just kind of like sits down. She's like, okay, time for a nap. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's amazing. Charlotte was playing every day during Tati run at Wimbledon, playing with Ange Jabeur a yeah. bunch of times. Yeah, I mean, it's great to see it. I mean, what a great story Tatiana is in terms of being able to have a child, co-birth, come back, have another child, play the best tennis of her career. I mean, it's just astonishing when you think about it. And, and also to be able to manage that. I mean, I'm not being funny, but most of us tennis players were out there on our own, selfish as anything, could barely sort of get up in the morning and get oh. breakfast for ourselves, <laughs> let alone look after two little small people as well. It's just, <laughs> you know, credit, well done. Tatiana, amazing legend. Clearly, the, the race and the kids well because CC knows what's going on with, with, with the direct <laughs> ball toss. That's absolutely fantastic. All right, a lot more still to get to here on TC Live. Our coverage begins Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern. The National Bank Open in Canada. We're in Montreal. We are in Toronto. TC Live tomorrow night, 11 Eastern, and encore coverage all night long. More Tennis Channel Live after this. There were a lot of hot shots today, but the finest Andy came from the Monfils Cressy match. Yeah, it, apparently Gail Monfils is really fast. Uh, I don't know if we knew that, but <laughs> he can cover the court in about four steps and uh, not shy. And look at his first break. I mean, this guy could have played any number of sports. Listen, controversial taker. I don't know that it was better than that Tommy Paul Alcaraz <laughs> uh, point and or that OG Ali has the back-end passing shot. Just saying. I don't, actually, it's not controversial. I, I agree. I, I, think, I think the Alcaraz Tommy Paul had that one. Uh, Thursday's featured matches, 11 a.m. Eastern. Coco Goff could become the youngest player to get to back-to-back -back quarters at the Canadian Open since Jennifer Capriati. We got Jesse Pagula, the top-ranked American in action. Dan Evans taking on Taylor Fritz. We got some Brits in there for Petch. Cam Norrie against OJ Ali Asim. A lot of stuff, but the one we want to talk about, Nick Kyrgios, Alex Dimonor, all Aussie matchup, first time yeah. they're playing each other. That's incredible, isn't it? I mean, I'm amazed that it's the first time. I was checking the stats, obviously, when we looked in, and I'm going to be fascinated to see just in terms of strategically how they both play. Alex loves to hug the baseline on the return. He doesn't give you the kind of width. It's a totally different serving uh, match really for Nick in terms of Medvedev so deep, Alex hugging and, and cheating in. So I'm fascinated to hear what Andy's got to say about it because I quite like Alex's chances. Obviously, Kyrgios has got all the momentum coming in here, but I kind of like, I might think that Demon might sneak this. Yeah, I, listen, if it's if we're just going on balls and strikes here, I think Kyrgios is playing just at, at, at a completely other level. He has options, right? We're talking about, is he going to come in nonstop? Is he going to stay back? So whatever Demonur does, I think Kyrgios is able to adjust. He has that amount of variety. I think uh, just just on physical ability, I think he's the only guy that can even uh, compare to, to the big three of this generation, but I still don't know, is it going to explode? He's played a lot of tennis. Is it just a time bomb? Uh, you know, Aussie on Aussie, sometimes it's weird when you play your friends. I don't know, but I, I have a hard time betting against Nick Kyrgios right now. Uh, I actually have faith and him staying the course for the first time ever. He'll probably ruin it for me and I'll look like a big dummy, but who knows? By the way, playing another guy who's ranked higher than him, yet if he wins, he'll be seated at the U.S. Open, Nick Kyrgios, which is amazing considering what we saw over the last year. For Andy Roddick, Mark Petch, great debut on TC Live. We'll see you next time.